Hey everyone, my name is David Birnbaum. I'm here with Abdullah and Andrew, and we're going to take a peek behind the mask. Thanks for joining me, you two. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, so, I wanted to, I, obviously I think sex is a super important thing, especially when it comes to masculinity generally. Um, and I want to kind of get into first our, our backgrounds, I guess, because we have different uh, histories or experiences with sex. Um, so, I've had, I believe, 14 or 15 different sexual partners um, over the time. And it was really actually quite, quite crammed in uh, into just a few years. Um, but how about you two? So I'd say for myself, I haven't had any sexual partners. I'm pretty much of the mindset of I'm going to wait until marriage. Mm -hmm. Or, yeah, pretty much until I get to a point where I'm comfortable and ready. And in my case, it is also from a religious perspective where I yep. am holding back. Uh, that's not to say I'm not willing to have relationships or get physical, but I'm prevent I'm waiting and holding on from sex. Okay, and yeah, I guess somewhere of an in between. Like I, um, I too had a very like religious upbringing, uh, strong Roman Catholic, uh, very involved in the church kind of thing, and always had that sort of as a mental emotional barrier for wanting to engage in that sort of thing. Also, just you know, growing up, being in high school, I thought people were terrible and I didn't even want to bother. But <laughs> yeah. um, no, I think it, as of late, that's also been changing, I would say, in a few different respects, you know, it's impolite to kiss and tell a little bit <laughs> is where I'll go with it and don't want to get too specific. But like yeah. I, I have had a few experiences um, recently, I would say within the last year. And, okay. um, you know, I've been exploring myself from a emotional, mental perspective and my own thoughts towards sex and what I'm now open to that I might not have been uh, earlier on in my upbringing. Yeah. But really, really just exploring it and having lots of interesting conversations around the matter for the thing we got. Yeah, for me, like I'm, I've now my mindset is similar to yours, Abdullah. Like I, I completely want to wait until it's someone that I think I'd marry, but it's so, so different than how I was in university. For a point, because like when I was in first year, I was a virgin coming into university, which some of my friend groups thought like was absurd. And in high school, I felt like a failure, right? Like I had been inundated with this idea. Like I, American Pie, the first American Pie movie is like, we need to get laid by prom. And I was like, oh no, I didn't do it, right? Like, I, <laughs> like that's really how I felt. And then I had really low self-esteem, but somehow I managed to, you know, start getting chicks in second year. Um, but I still didn't want to sleep with them. I would do everything else, but I had this idea of, you know, wanting to save uh, sex for uh, someone I loved. But I was also just getting, like, made fun of consistently by my friends, right? Like, even if I had a girl over, she stayed the night and we didn't sleep together, I was a failure, right? So it was like, eventually those kind of uh, seeped in, I guess. But it wasn't until actually when I slept with my like girlfriend that I was in love with. She was my fourth partner. And when we broke up, I went on like a tear because I had finally really enjoyed it, right? Like, because the first three partners I had, it was, it felt more like mechanical, like it just kind of happened. Mm -hmm. But when with her, it was so different. And I also kind of discovered myself a bit. And then it was, you know, the traditional, like I was on the rebound, I was like hurting and, and so I, and I, and I have an addictive personality. So I went on like a bit of a tear. Um, and, and so it's like within a year, I, I packed in most of my escapades. And it's taken me a little bit of time to basically recover from that and, and really assess myself. Um, yeah, but I had this like obsession with sex uh, basically until uh, 2017 or something. I would say, as a question for both of you, what would you say is your current relationship with sex? Like, how how do you view sex? Um, oh, geez, good question. I think, like, I view sex... I don't know, like, I, I guess sort of echoing a point that you, you brought up there, the whole mechanical versus intimate type mm. of relationship with sex. It's like, I've noticed since having my first few experiences... It's very much been something that I, I, I sort of got to a point myself where I, my own attitudes towards it were shifting. I was learning a lot about myself at the time and who I wanted to be as a person, how I wanted to look and feel. Very self-focused. Uh, a lot of self-esteem type of stuff that I was thinking about. 
But at the same time, um, I, I had this feeling that like, you know what, I just need to get this off my chest and stop making it such a big deal. I feel mm. like it's much, much bigger in my head than it actually is. And I think that is where I'm at with my relationship with sex right now is I understand it as this thing that I do consider it significant and I want it to be special with someone that I care about. But should something happen with somebody, it's not the, the biggest thing in the world. Like it's just another part of humanity. Mm-hmm. It It is what it is. And I think it's just another part of moving through life and living through experience. My My situation or my relationship with sex has changed significantly over time. And now, you know, I'm very much into f- like a philosophical journey and a spiritual journey. And I think sex is the ultimate union between two people, right? And I, I very much, I don't buy, I'm not a follower of any religion right now particularly, but I buy into their ideas of sex and it being that real, like true um, expression of love, right? Um, and And like, I honestly don't even think I have an interest in sex other than that, right? And even from my experience, Sleeping with someone I, I love, it, it's, it, it can't even be compared to the other stuff, right? And I think creating that idea of love, like having that idea of love is what elevates it beyond animalism, like animalism, right? Animals bone, right? Um, <laughs> but it's, it's so different to make love, let's say. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like corny as I hear myself say it, but that's how I am now. I think it's a good point you bring up about like the animalistic nature of it. And I think as humans, like getting away from sex just a little bit, as humans, what separates us from, you know, animals is our imaginations and the way we're able to perceive the world around it and change it to our own liking, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I think if you look at sex sort of the same way, it's we like sex is is powerful. It's life giving. When you really stop and think about that, what that means, that's some dangerous shit you're playing with. Like that's, it's, it's a big deal. And we, although there is that level of power with it, we also equivalently have the ability to dismiss it, to make it something that isn't powerful. I think it, it comes down to somebody's worldview at the end of the day too. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And I, that's why I think the society's view of sex is so flawed because I think the society's worldview is flawed, right? I, and in the philosophy I'm, I read about objectivism, she, like she blames it as an overcorrection to the austerity of, of traditional religion, right? So she says only in a world where you have love without sex could you have sex without love, right? So it was this idea, you know, of priests needing to be celibate because you you shouldn't you shouldn't express yourself that way. It's bad. Only in a world like that would you then have the countermeasure of thinking sex without love is is worthwhile. What what's your thoughts on all this? I, I was actually just about to chime in. So for me, it's it's interesting. I do agree with a lot of what you said. For me, sex is the ultimate show of intimacy and union between two people. And but one. I guess one place where I do disagree with you, or not disagree, I have a different point of view, is you said that you don't have much interest in sex until marriage. In my case, it's one of those things where it's it's not something that I don't want to do. It's definitely something I do want to do, but it's more of a because of how valuable I, I see my first time being with somebody that I genuinely do care about and how much I, I, how highly I regard it. It's one of those things where I'm definitely willing to wait despite how interested I would be in it. Because again, I'm only human. There's only so much one could do. So it's something that I definitely do want to do, but I'm willing to wait for the right time, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that makes sense. How, what, what's going through your mind right now when you have a guy who's not had sex and you have a guy that's had lots of sex and, and, and we're both saying <laughs> it, it's the better idea is to wait? No, like I... I mean, I share, I shared those opinions for a very long time and I still do to a certain degree. Like I would say the first experience I had with somebody was still, although it was a very spontaneous thing and it was a part of me saying, 
I need to get this off my shoulders sort of thing. It was also, I made sure that it was still somebody I cared a lot about. It was somebody I knew and felt very, very comfortable with. Mm-hmm. I think, I think humans in general have a knack for storytelling. I think everybody wants to be able to tell themselves a story about their own life because otherwise they don't feel fulfilled. And in my own right, I'm comfortable with myself knowing that the first time I had with somebody, you know, it might not have been what I thought when I was a kid that, oh, I'm going to be the good Catholic boy and wait till marriage and all that. But it, it was still like, you know what, this was somebody that I do feel a certain degree of love for, that I have a strong emotional connection to, even though we didn't end up in a relationship as a result of it. It was just very spontaneous. But I think as long as it it is something that comes from, you know, comes from the heart, then it's good. Mm-hmm. But at the same rate, I'm also more just as a means of exploring myself and exploring still the world and challenging my own perspective and trying to be open to the other side of it. Yeah. Where it's why the hell not? Who cares? I'd say I have two things that brings up for me. So one is that I, I struggle with that balance of do I wait for marriage or not if I'm in love, right? Um, because, you know, sex is the like rawest, purest expression of love. And it's just about, you know, do you only ever want to reach there with one person and that kind of stuff. And I think, I mean, I, I believe that for me, there will be one more, right? Like I, I, I you know, I'm 27 uh, almost and... Uh, I'm looking for a serious relationship. So in my mind, it's kind of like an easier, I'm not interested in someone who's not interested in marriage type Mm -hmm. thing. Um, The other thing I would say that I think is so important for men that you hear women talk about much more is self-exploration with sex. I've explored myself sexually more than any other male I know. And it's, it's really broadened my eyes and I'm much better now than I ever was at sex because I've explored myself. And, you know, there, and I think it's so stigmatized for men to do that. And I'm, I hate porn. I'm trying to cut porn out. I think masturbating with porn is the worst masturbating I have or I do. And, it, and there's so much more to it than that. And there's some religions who are against, you know, masturbation. And I have thoughts on that as well. Mm -hmm. But even still, like, I think the gap between, you know, what most men do and what is, uh, and what is possible or or what's full is massive. Mm -hmm. I think to sort of um, touch on a few things you said there, um, you focus like on self-exploration. I think it's notable that between the three of us, we're also at different points in our life even just by a few years Mm -hmm. it's still different like 23 24 24 27 22 yeah but still in university fresh out of university and um few years few years so and i feel like university in in general is this big part of life where a lot of people explore themselves and the way they view things yeah but um you know touching on that a little later it the idea of self-exploration, not just as it relates to what point you're at in your life, but how, what that means to sex. I feel like you can view... I'm talking about specifically mm-hmm. sexual self-exploration, though, as well. Yes, but I'm to, sort of branching a little bit out of that. I don't mean mm-hmm. to, like, feel free to jump back to it. Oh, yeah. But uh, I like tangents, so I'm just going <laughs> to bring yeah, that up. no worries. But um, it's very much like, uh, I feel like one's perspective on sex is also very dependent on what tool they're sort of using to look or not what tool what their focus is in looking at it Mm -hmm. you can look at sex from a perspective of love or you can look at sex from a perspective of the self somebody may be interested in sex because they're entirely self-focused as opposed to they're worrying more about themselves and how good they are at it or their own self-image or what they look like to other people as opposed to whether or not they really have values of what it means in terms of love. Yeah. Like I've talked with a number of people, close friends of mine, who um, very much like they don't have an emotional attachment to sex whatsoever. And I think that's super sad and broken personally, 
right? Like、mm-hmm. I think society is sick when it comes to sex in particular, and it's、mm-hmm. been this kind of overcorrection to the austerity of religion.、Um, but I think like so, I view that I was raised by society, let's say more than my parents, but、um, you know. The media and that kind of stuff, and I think the way they portray sex and the way, especially for men, but you know, they also perpetuate perpetuate this idea of of women being like subservient and that kind of stuff.、Mm-hmm. But there's this this idea that you should get laid. It's it's a good thing. It's fun, and it's and it's all of these things, and it's not meaningful,、mm-hmm. right? And and I mean that really fed into my brain, and I think that is like most people by the time they're twenty, they're they. It's very rare that a twenty-year-old actually knows who they are and has a, a, a broader perspective, and so they're 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 doing these things based on how they were wired more than anything else.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's、uh, it's interesting that you do say that because again, just given my perspective, given that I am the kind of person I'm to an extent celibate by choice.、Uh, obviously, I'm not in a relationship right now, but it's like in general, I am、yeah. celibate by choice. But that does. Lead to potential issues for me in wanting to be in a relationship, just because of the fact that most relationships that you'll see on TV or you'll see in media as a whole are very, very physical. And so the fact that in my case I'm I want to wait, it's not as I've noticed not as common for males to want to wait, just、mm. among the people that I know. And so with that, it makes it more difficult. For me to find a partner, just because there aren't many people from my experience, just going through my life, that have been willing to wait. And the people I know who have partners, and they were all they were like practicing Christians. Like the only people I know are like religious people, right?、Yeah. And I, I'm 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 sure in other religions as well. Like I have a few Orthodox Jewish friends, but like the.、Um, The friends that I've actually like ch- chatted with about it, they've all been yeah like practicing Christians, so they waited for marriage, and everyone else around them were telling them they're crazy. Yeah, and in my case, like yes, I'm religious, but I'm not super religious. Like、mm-hmm. I hold certain values and certain beliefs from my religion that I hold on to pretty closely, and then other than that, I'm not very knowledgeable in it. But that's why for me. I don't necessarily gravitate towards people that are super religious,、mm-hmm. and so that's. I guess a struggle that I have, and that's in terms of just mental health wise. I'm I am the kind of person that I gravitate a lot towards people, and I like to get close to people. But obviously, with people of the opposite sex, it makes it does make it a little bit more difficult because of the boundaries that I've set on myself. And with that, it just it makes it tough. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and so what what do you think? You know, living in that world. Living where you're in university, everyone's like making out all around, like end sock. Everyone's sleeping with everyone else, and and you're there like watching. Or I mean, not. We've、well, tried to cut that down as of late. I swear. Yeah, <laughs> but for me, it's it. I guess it adds to a point where because for me, I was raised in both a mid like a Western mentality and Middle Eastern mentality because I've spent half my life in both parts of the world. It makes it. Tough for me to be able to fully relate or fully be open with a lot of people, just because I don't have those experiences. Versus a lot of people are very open about that, and so it does make it tough. It, I don't want to say it's alienating, but it's it, it does make it more difficult to relate to people and be able to have those sorts of conversations. And there are people that, like you said, that's a lot of what they want to do with their free time. That's a lot of what they do with their life. Their goal is to. Continue having sex and continue doing more things with so many different partners, and I have encountered a lot of people like that, unfortunately. And so with that, it's I sit there and I'm like, I can't really have a conversation with you because I I can't relate to anything that you're saying, which is a little, to an extent, alienating. Yeah, for me, like in university, my friends were amazing because I had you know my my party friends who were all sleeping around and stuff too. More than I was to some degree, but then I had my like my nerdier friends, and they were all amazed at how much energy and thought and time I put into pursuing women, and I was incredulous at how little they thought about it. 
right? Like I was obsessed with it because I thought that's what would give me value or would make me a man or something like that. And they just went about their lives and eventually you'll meet someone or not, right? But I, I, was, I was always amazed that they weren't consistently on the lookout. I was always like scoping because I, I felt that's what I should be doing. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's funny because like I find somewhere in between there it was like I had the strong like religious devotion to it too. And I think when coming to university, I sort of, you know, distanced myself from the community, started having different thoughts. Like religion is a whole other topic I could go on forever about. Yeah. But um, in short, I'll just leave it at I started thinking that like I don't want to feel um i don't like things that restrict my life i feel mm. like i want to share the value uh, and the ideal that the religion produces but of my own volition because i think it's right not because it's like a rule that's been put on me yeah i don't like necessarily restrictions i think people should be strong-willed enough to not they should be but i encourage people to be strong-willed enough to make what decisions are right for them mm. and um so i started thinking that way and that, in addition to where I was at in my life, for a little bit of context, when I started university, I was about um, 40 to 50 pounds heavier. I was a really, really big guy, um, especially through high school. I started getting taller, which helped, and it distributed, but um, I was always a heavier set guy. And that was mm. part of what made me really self-conscious is I am not an attractive person. Mm. I'm not the kind of thing that somebody would find sexually appealing. Yeah. So I kind of just like, I'm going to count my losses and say that I'm not even going to try because yeah. it's not even going to happen. It wasn't something I was think I, I thought a lot about it because it was something I wanted. Like you said, those friends who are like, how could you not think about this all the time? Yeah. And yet when, um, when 2017 rolled around, I, there was one girl I was really, really interested in. I had a huge crush on and it was a very emotional thing and, um, it didn't work out. She was at a different point in her life and, um, I just felt like shit because I, I was pointing all my life. I feel like I'd been asking myself, you know, what am I doing wrong? And that's like really implying that I'm doing all the right things. Why do, why don't people like me? Why don't mm -hmm. women like me? And it, I finally hit this point of no, my perspective is shitty. I want this and I'm projecting that onto the other person as why don't you want me? Uh, so I took this step back and said, I need to work on myself. I'm, I'm just going to eat better. I'm going to start exercising. I'm going to focus on me. I'm going to read more. And once I stopped caring about it, pun intended, the women came to me. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, well, that was awful. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate you sharing that, but I had a very different experience because, mm -hmm. you know, in, I wanted it so badly. And then in first year, I had a couple of, uh, you know, instances where, where some stuff happened and I was, it was enjoyable enough. But what ended up happening is by coincidence, you know, a couple people showed interest in me and then I got a reputation as being a dick and an asshole, right? Mm. And that worked. And I just read the formula book, right? How to treat women poorly and get laid. And it worked so well. And, and, I mean, I wasn't sleeping with them, but I was consistently pursuing them and doing other stuff and it just worked, right? It was weird and messed up for me because I still wanted to be in love. I was searching for love, but I was using the asshole playbook to get it. Mm -hmm. and, and so it just didn't work, mm -hmm. right? But I'd have like once a month, I'd be like doing something with someone new and then I would realize, oh, we're not in love, but how is it going to even build to that when... You know, I'm, I'm so focused on sex that it's like first date, first kiss has to happen. Right. And, it, and it's like, if not, we're not progressing. Right. And like and, and so I wanted it so bad, but I managed to find the way to get it. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I, you know, looking back, I think it's so sad that it was tr like the, the stereotype of treat women poorly and you get laid worked. Right. I mean, obviously it doesn't work with all women, but there's enough women with low self-esteem and stuff to pick from, it seemed. And even just like a group of 50, there was 10, let's say, right? Mm. Um, yeah, so it's very different. I'm, I'm interested in trying to figure out how I fix it so like my son doesn't grow up like me. My daughters don't grow up like the women I, I pursued. Because to me, like I was not unique like i i perpetuated the stereotypes i felt 
it's funny you should say that because like I feel I feel that that's one of the things I actually wanted to bring up when coming into this podcast coming into the, the topic was I feel like a lot of it is as much as you could say like the influence of society or the media's portrayal of sex I feel like that has a certain amount of power I feel like a lot of it also comes from the person's upbringing though and their own ideals because if somebody has low self-esteem if they're the one of 10 people in that, you know, the classic case, I hate saying it because I don't want to sound like a shit, but it's like, you know, the classic case is, oh, she has daddy issues, she'll be easy. Yeah. Well, well, there you go. That's sort of something that's pointing to part of somebody's upbringing that made them have certain ideals that, yeah. or whether you look at restrictions, maybe, I know plenty of people who grew up in super, super strict religious households where it's like, you're not allowed to date until you're married, like that kind of thing. And it... I feel like that bred that sense of youthful rebellion. Right. So it's what's, I guess what I'm trying to ask is what sort of factors contribute towards the people's mindset towards sex and what they want to search for and what makes the dynamic easy or hard or whatever. So I think, I mean, there's many things and I've thought about this a lot, right? Um, So one is parenting, right? Obviously. Two is society and three is values and where you get those if not from one or two. Mm-hmm. It used to be religion, right? Religion was where people would get values from. But also it was, I think our parents' generation that were religious did a very bad job of advocating it properly. I have religious Jewish cousins who are very well adjusted because they were always open to the discussion as to why. Why is this important? Why shouldn't we do this? Not You're just not doing it because it's the rule according to God, right? So you actually have to talk about the values in that way. Um, I think our generation is the first one to largely be raised without religion. And so it's okay, well, that's a big value structure that's broken. Um, And so they're either getting it from society or like the media and, and the celebrities have become our figureheads where we get our values from. People love Kim Kardashian and want to grow up to be her and get famous off a sex tape. That's quite different than 50 years ago who women would have looked up to type thing. Mm-hmm. But, but to be honest, my family was super fucked about sex, right? And it really detrimented me. My dad, my parents got divorced. My dad was known to me and my friends as a man whore, right? Like he would sleep around um, and he would encourage me to do that too, even when I was like younger. And then I remember thinking, hoping my mom would be different. The, when I was in first year, I had an opportunity with a 26, I was 18, I had a 26 year old at work who wanted to sleep with me, made it very obvious. And I didn't really want to do it. I knew that and I can know that now, but part of me was like, maybe I should. So I was getting advice. All of my friends, uh, my female friends in high school all told me no, but my family all told me yes, including my mom. And I had a, like, had a conversation with her like, and she encouraged me to go sleep with this person, even though I wasn't into her and didn't find her attractive. But why not? You're 18. Go get laid. And I was, and like, that's, to me, that's super fucked for parents mm-hmm. to, but that's the, and I think, I mean, they didn't have religious values. I, I, and maybe I, they're, you know, both good people, I guess. Right. Um, but like that fucks with a kid. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's my background of it all. Right. Yeah. Again, with that, it's when things around when you have norms in your life that you then realize are no longer norms yeah Mm -hmm. um and it's it's interesting just i know to go back a little bit to something we were talking about we were talking about low Mm self-esteem for me i'm so i don't struggle with speaking to women i have no issues with that at all um and that hasn't ever really been an issue but where it does become an issue is me trying to not necessarily pursue but get to know women around like fully be open and want to get to know them and talk to them more and get closer. But the issue that I struggle with is because of how sex is viewed in general in society and how I view it. A lot of times I struggle with making those sorts of um, like those steps forward to try and get to know someone because I don't want to set an impression that will then let them down. I don't want to get to know them and get close with them and then be like, sorry, I'm holding it off until marriage. And then, then all of a sudden they just don't want to talk to me anymore. I have that fear and that bit of paranoia with myself mm-hmm. because of how sex is viewed. I'm just like, I 
just I can't get close to I can't get super close to any of my female friends because then it's going to be perceived either by them or by somebody else that I'm trying to sleep with them and that's the exact opposite or the other way around they want they want to sleep with me but then I don't I'm not ready for that and so that's where a bit of my social insecurities come to play when it comes to sex and I think that's such a huge problem generally the idea that a man and a woman can't just be friends that's everywhere right and it it happens you know with a lot of the women that i not anymore with some but when you're yeah when you want to talk to someone they assume you're hitting on them or they assume mm -hmm. that but also when i did have female friends like one of my best friends since grade 11 is female and inundated consistently from everyone why am i not trying to sleep with them right just consistently but i think it's a bit broader than that too we've talked about this a little bit about you know, when I had a really good male friend as well, like a really like loving relationship, I was always asked, are you guys gay? Bromance, ha ha ha, right? So it's like, I've, I've always gotten the message that a man can only be emotionally intimate with his partner, right? Or with someone he's like physically intimate with. And that's just very not fair. Right, and, and, and I think that is such a big problem that people aren't talking about it, but I mean, that was really what messed me up. I wanted emotional closeness and I thought it had to be with physical closeness. And I've only recently, I, I have a friend in Denmark who I recently reconnected with and she asked me every other time I've chatted with her, I've tried to get laid in some way, even if, if remotely. And she asked me why. And I said, I had an almost impossible time to separate romantic love and and emotional like emotional love from physical love i it just didn't work in my brain mm. and that's interesting because for me in my mind right now because of the fact that i don't like physical love isn't necessarily something i've been pursuing for me love is love like i have i i can definitely say i'm i have a lot more very very close male friends than i do female friends just again because of my social paranoia in that sense but it's just, for me, I can, for me, love should be, I guess, unconditional when it comes to the, the people that you have in your life, whether they are male, female, uh, whether they are straight or queer or whatever. It's like, for me, it's like to love is to love the person, not to love specific aspects of the person or love them because of a specific aspect of them. Mm -hmm. And so that's, I guess, what I do hold, that's why I hold sex to the way like to such a high value it's like i love everybody or that i have in my life and i love all the people that i'm close with but to reach to reach a point where i love somebody like one specific person to a point where i would want to and i'm willing to have sex with them that makes it significantly more special which is why i know for me i i like you said earlier i do feel that people that view sex as just physicality but no real emotion i do I do feel a bit bad just because the way I the way I value it and the way other people value it aren't necessarily the same. But I just I find so much more to it when it's a lot more emotional. And maybe it's because I've never had sex. I don't actually know. But it's just the the concept of it makes it seem like such something that's worth holding out for. Right. And and I mean having had sex with you know a few different partners and and in many different scenarios. There's only really two and a half people, let's say, because one was just, <laughs> one, the, the half was just like, there was so much else going on. Like, uh, mm. I couldn't even sort through my emotions because I was in a terrible spot. But like, it's just so different, right? And, and yeah, and like, I'm, a, I'm converted from the, the other mindset of, of it just, yeah, it feels good. But honestly, again, uh, you know, I've had much better times alone than I've had with most sexual partners because I've taken the time to explore myself, know my body. And these are things that women talk about very openly. If they have a vibrator, if they, if they just know and want to learn their own bodies, they can know that better than some dude they meet or, or sleep with once a month or whatever it is. Um, and so I have much more thorough and thoroughly enjoyable times alone than I've had with almost any of my sexual partners mm -hmm. because I do love myself. And, and when I try and 
when I when I'm there and I'm focused on that, not throw on porn, get hard and jerk it. It's it's more like I'm with myself, fully present, and I'm going to enjoy myself, right? And it's 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 night and day. They're like they're completely not comparable. And I've not seen any examples anywhere ever of men doing the latter. I only see the examples of men jerking it to porn. But women, you see many examples of them exploring themselves more more generally. It's it's interesting because. Uh, without going into any details, I guess there was this one incident, in, instance of me wanting to explore myself. I know the story. I'm not. Shut up. <laughs> um, so there was this one instance of me wanting to explore myself and see the fact that he's laughing at it is going to further prove my point. Um, I had shared it with a friend, and that ended up getting shared with our group of friends, and it became more of a joke, and everyone started laughing. And it was something that they didn't necessarily hold against me, but it became it was funny. But had it been, like, in my case, I'm just like, why is this, why is this funny? Like, sure. I think it's be, 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 fear. It, it, yes. And it's also just because of how people, uh, because of how men expressing, like, exploring themselves is viewed in society a lot of times. Like, for the longest time, um, in a lot of different media, making gay jokes or making fun of gay people w was comedy or like seeing a man in drag was comedy. And so that's why it's like men exploring themselves sexually is still funny. And I think that that, sure, it's getting better, but it's still an issue. And I think also, I'll let you jump in in a second, but I think also it's, it's goes back to the, the idea of male-male relationship dynamics, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's seen as like, to talk about that is more intimate, right? To be able to talk openly about that kind of thing versus, oh, that chick was hot, I banged her. It's, it's very different to talk about, um, yeah, intimacy with, with oneself. Mm -hmm. And like, I was just gonna chime in and say, like even me laughing there, for context, I wasn't laughing at what it is because yeah. I know the story and things that happen as a result, and I won't go into details for your privacy, but um, it was... Bonus footage. <laughs> uh, Blooper footage. Yeah, so. um, yeah no, uh, like we talked about it in a very serious conversation where we, Abdullah and I have that very close male relationship that we are very open to talking about those types of things mm. and it's because it's not weird we're best friends and we both want to learn from each other and share our life experience mm. and that's fine i laughed because of of the implications that followed with other people and yeah. the conversations and everything surrounding it but um yeah it's 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 interesting to see that and like i um i was having a similar conversation uh with a friend of mine actually uh when a girl I was very very into um, the one I mentioned that like I was going through a rough time and that actually made me start being introspective after it didn't work out her and I are very good friends now and uh, we were having a conversation recently and I was saying like oh you know um, I'm uh, I'm gonna go hang out at Abdullah's place on Wednesday we're cooking dinner together we're gonna go to the gym we're gonna cook dinner and she said ah when are you gonna put a ring on it and I was just like ah ha ha I get it because intimate male relationship but also, you know, I'll just spin it as a joke and I'll say like, nah, he won't put out. It was the yeah. way I responded and it was, it was funny. But even then there was still this, I had to dismiss it as like a ha ha. Yeah. Let's just continue with the joke. Mm. Yeah. And it, it, it's unfortunate. I think that does extend to, to females as well, right? Like, oh, they're lesbians, the pillow, sleepover pillow fights and all that stuff. Mm. It's, there's still this idea of like, in what one inability to have love without sex um and and i guess it 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 extends to same-sex friendships as well right but i i think it's hugely hugely problematic and i mean i'm jealous i guess more than anything that you two have such a close relationship because i have not really ever had that it felt like um maybe that's not fair because I, I think I did in spurts over university, but I had so many other issues and I was so anxious. It wasn't really, it, I never could have those types of relationships because I was just spewing whatever came out of my mouth more than like having in-depth conversations, let's say, about uh, about things like that. But so getting back to kind of like sex overall or set like, you know, actual like intercourse, um, 
I still, I'm still trying to figure out why, like, I think society is lost. Like, I think the, the state right now is bad. But you see, like, the thing that comes to mind is that, you know, a woman who sleeps around a lot is still called like a slut, but a guy isn't necessarily. And you have this feminist movement saying that, no, like, women should be able to sleep around as much as men. And I'm like, okay. In theory, yes, I agree. But like, actually, where are the men saying, hey, guys, why do you think it's valuable for you? Right? Like, I, I'm more interested in the in, in that side of it. Like, and, and, you know, I'm trying to think of what people are like when they're 50, right? And, and most people when they're 50 aren't doing these things, right? So is it that they're just old and they don't do it? Or do they cut, like, do they realize values more? And it's like, why are young people not realizing their actual values, which I think older people do. Um, I would not, I'm not going to say I disagree with it, but I think there's another factor there that comes into play that sort of contradicts it, is that I don't think people who are older do it to the same degree where it's like, oh, you know, I need to have multiple sexual partners. I feel like younger people are more often in social circumstances where they have that opportunity and they're brought up in a mindset to capitalize on it. Right. And so I'm more interested in the mindset than the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Like what, but what I was going to say is the contradictory portion is that I feel like it does happen with older individuals, but it comes more in the form of the midlife crisis, um, uh, cheating on your spouse or, you know, adultery and things like that. Lots of people who get to a point and they say like, for some reason, they're convinced that this is something they want to do. I right. think it's very, very prominent because the divorce rates are incredibly high, they say. Yeah, like well, 50%. and I think that factors in as well. Like, I think, again, like, divorce was illegal for so long, so and, and, and women were kind of, like, not coerced, but people were just, like, sh shuttled into marriage, and so you had to have this, like, break, basically, of, well, a bunch of people were with a bunch of people they didn't want to be with, and that kind of thing. Um, but it, it is true, yes, okay, like older, the older generations do do this as well. I don't think it's as prevalent necessarily, mm -hmm. but I just think they're also lost then, right? Like I, I really believe that, I mean, I, I'm interested to know if people think I'm nuts or not, like is that, uh, that love should lead to sex and not the other way around because that's the other thing is like what do you mean you're you're you've been dating a year and you haven't slept together what's wrong with you right it's like that mindset permeates so much right i don't know if that was a linear thought process no, but... I got, I got. no that, that's fair because like, like you said it's it's an interesting juxtaposition where if you've been dating for a year but never had sex people think you're crazy but if you've been sleeping together for a year, but you don't love each other, people are like, oh, that's fine. And right. That's, that's, it's, just, it's such a weird position. And like, it's, it's, I, I, it's very confusing. But to go back to a point that you said where just the difference of the older generation versus our generation. Sure, obviously with age and social circles and just how society was for that, like is for them now and versus what it's like for us now. Um, the difference is, like you said earlier, we're probably one of the first generations to be born with a lot less of a religious influence. And so with that, people are just like, this is fun. Why not? Versus potentially the older generations, they were raised to be a bit to be more religious. And as a result of that, they they probably they might have held to it a bit more. I, I can't necessarily speak on their behalf, but yeah. that could be a potential factor. I'm interested if you guys are open to talk about your experiences with porn, because I think porn is a huge issue. And right, it used to be that like you'd have to find a magazine or a VHS, and now as soon as now when you're ten, you can have as much porn on your phone as you want as possible. But even when I was a teen, I had a computer with the internet. Yeah, I had rules, but like my parents aren't watching me all the time, and I you can like at a very young age be inundated with pornographic images. So obviously you're gonna that's an animalistic instinct that. You can't necessarily control at that age, and then it just wires your brain in that way more so. Mm -hmm. And like I was, uh, I mean, there were times where I definitely even put myself out of commission because of my uh, my habits. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. For me, it's interesting because 
a good chunk of my adolescence, I was raised in a country where porn was banned. Yeah. And so with that, there were a lot of, like, you had to jump through so many hoops to try and get to it. And a lot of times it just wasn't even worth it. And I also lived in a house with, like, seven people. So just it wasn't easy. Yeah, yeah. But when I moved back to Canada and when I had more access to it, the unfortunate reality is, it is, especially now that I've graduated, I have a lot of free time. It's just I end up having to kill a lot of time. But it's one of those things where the way I view porn is it, it is one of those things where, yes, it's for fun. It is what it is. But at the same time, I can't ever help but watch it and still feel dirty. It's less like, why am I watching this? Like, why am I doing this? But I, it's a habit that is often hard to break, as I'm sure you, you struggle to break your habits with it. But it's like, for me, yeah. I'm just like... It's a habit that I, I would love to break, but at the same time, it's just, it's not easy. Yeah, I've been addicted to weed, alcohol, and gambling, and porn is the harder of the four to break out of. But I feel like it's just been the most wired in my head, right? Like, the, the longest amount of time that I've been doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, I was just going to say, like, in terms of the upbringing, it was classic case of... Uh... Oh, Andrew's so good with computers. He always clears the internet history to make it go faster. <laughs> there was a, you know, on, on the days when you just had the family computer. But um, yeah, yeah, no, like, and I think in terms of how I view porn, it, it was very much. I sort of view it a bit differently because I have been not not like I still still watch to a certain degree, but what I watch because there's a lot more variety these days too has also changed like at least i think i try and carry i know it's it's an unhealthy habit but i try and carry a healthy front to it if that makes sense like i'll, I'll clarify it's um i feel like if i i can't get off to porn that is just like you're you're looking at something that's you can tell it's very produced it's very fake it's it's awful like i i get more enjoyment out of trying to imagine something or you know, seeing a like a video of somebody who it's like a couple that's just doing it for exhibitionist type fun or whatever, where it's it's more naturally occurring, something that feels more real. And I think that comes from more craving the experience yeah. as opposed to just I need to see tits on my monitor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But there is a point there is it gets to a point where you get desensitized to a lot of what you see and mm -hmm. you just it I I don't know I again I've never had sex, I don't know what it's like, but I for me I'm just like I'm getting desensitized to this. I don't even know if it's worth it anymore. Well, and so that, that brings up a lot for me because one, there's lots of issues with one, um, <laughs> people's porn use getting more extreme because they get desensitized. So they need something to like pump their juice a bit more and that kind of thing. And also with people then becoming desensitized and like becoming addicted to porn and like their real relationship can't ever match this and, and that kind of stuff. But also I want to, you know, push, I want to push on two different avenues based on what you said. One is, one is you say like you like to imagine it, right? Like you like to imagine that it, it's your experience or that kind of thing. But porn is pretty cheap imagination, right? You know, the, the stereotype for women is they prefer erotic books, right? Um, because it's you have to create the images yourself. It's much more creative and it's much more imaginative. Um, and then, again, you know, talking about my self exploration, it's you can still have fantasies, right? But you're not cheating, basically, right? Like watching a, a Lord, of, reading Lord of the Rings is a lot more. I've not read Lord of the Rings, but it's apparently a lot more of an in depth experience than watching it, right? Because your brain is generating those images yourself. But on the flip side as well. Um, the idea of like, like wanting to have those experiences so you look at them and like imagine you're having them, I think it detriments from the real thing when it comes about, right? Like I think, and, and I think, you know, I, I, for a point advocated porn as a way, as a, as an aid in self-exploration, right like oh like what are they doing and that kind of thing um or or tutoring teaching but i still think it's much better to wait and do that exploration with someone right i think the other thing about the culture generally 
And this plays into porn, it plays into sex, it plays into everything. It used, the extreme used to be that like you find someone at 18 that lives near you, you get married and you're forced to learn and love together, right? And grow together, right? But now there's this idea of, well, no, I'm perfect, I'm great, I need to find someone who, who is also perfect and great and will mesh and, and it should be like ideal from the get-go or whatever, right? And that just doesn't work. Like, I don't know the stats, but you see arranged marriages have a better success rate because they're going in with the mentality of we're learning together, we're growing together. And, and I think that's so important. And sex is a big part of that, that you should want to go into a relationship and learn and explore each other. And that's just, you'll eventually find what both of you like and, and by doing that together. And, it, and that's what love is. It's, it's being fully okay with whatever your path takes because you've committed to it together. And so I think that like is, is you know, related to, to, to the whole conversation we've had, right? I think that mentality needs to shift back a bit um, where you find someone that you think is worth the commitment to live and grow together. Mm -hmm. I think like to sort of uh, echoing off of that and clarifying what I really meant before by like the imagining and still watching to sort of get that sense is I feel like and not people I, I i can't speak for other people but i would imagine most people don't do this is i sort of anytime i go to watch or look at some form of porn it's very much i set an expectation for myself that i know what i'm looking at isn't real and that i guess with that it's more like if i see something that is more in line with my expectations of how it really is like again let's say it's a video of a couple just doing their own thing then it's like, oh, well, this was, you know, guy shooting it with his iPhone. This was them exploring each other. That is more so how it would look. It's still feeding into a bad habit of needing to look at something. And that's just because of, you know, when I was young, it was the, you know, hardcore browsers, whatever shit. Um, but then bringing that forward to, I'm now trying to wean off of the addiction by looking at something that is more consistent with how I think real exploration looks like and recently with my the experiences i have been having i find myself looking at porn even less since because it's like okay yeah this is the way i i'm growing i'm learning i'm seeing what that's actually like and you know between one person or another how that changes as well and it's like well you know i have these expectations now based on a certain level of experience to the point where I'm not really turned on as much by by porn anymore. Mm -hmm. If anything, I'd say there's like increasing popularity with things like um, uh, there's there's like certain subreddits that are dedicated to people like posting nudes of themselves because they want that little bit of flair in their life or what have you. Which that's another topic in of itself. But yeah, it's interesting because I have I guess a viewpoint that is contradictory to both of yours when it comes to porn i don't view it as any sort of fulfillment i view it as an escape and not i don't view it as self-exploration i view it as an escape for me because i have had a lot of mental health struggles and a lot of times just me being within my own head is something i don't want so for me a lot of times porn was just an escape of i can shut my brain off and i'm i'm just this is just something to take my mind off of everything happening with me and i don't even think about myself at all well, yeah, I mean, I agree 100% porn is an escape and, and so much of what our society is doing right now and the prevalence of so many of these things is people don't like their lives and they need to escape from them. And I think porn is, is a very like visceral example, right? Um, it's funny you bring up, uh, yeah, so like I, I do think, I just think, yeah, I don't have much to add because I think <laughs> no. you're, you're absolutely right and that's why I think it's a problem. Mm -hmm. is because it's such a prevalent escape bit and it's it's something that kids are exposed to at a young age too um you bring up when you talk about like the idea of like the the nudes on reddit or whatever that's actually something i was always more into softcore porn than hardcore porn i i was more turned on by like underwear models than than porn right like because i liked that and it seemed more real i mean it's still models but like um so that that's that's something interesting that I hadn't thought of recently, but that was always the case. Um, to be honest, though, 
I always, like, I never understand, my brain has a very hard time with gray area. And so, you know, for me, there, there's porn stars and there's really hot models who are in underwear. And then I have friends who post in really, like, sexually explicit photos. And so I would have a hard time not then using that because it's, you know, you fantasize about people you know, it's much more real. That could happen potentially. And look at these photos they're posting. And so like, what is the limit when all of society and all of these young women are also posting really raunchy, racy photos? And yet it's just for them, it's not for me. Well, it, it, it seems to follow linearly to pornography, right? And so, and it's like, if my if I'm being trained either by society or my by my own brain in these avenues, like I think it's, um, it raises the questions to me, right? Um, but also, I wanted to say about the you know the 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 people who either post themselves on on Reddit or or are the ones filming themselves for exhibitionism. I think it's the same issue, just on the flip. Why do they need that for it to be exciting? Because they're focused on the pleasure, like the raw pleasure of it or the excitement and not the relationship and the love of it, mm -hmm. right? And so you see the you see the issue in society from both ends, right? The people consuming the content and the people creating the content. Mm -hmm. That's very fair. Yeah, no, I entirely agree. Like it's, it's amazing how, I think in general, it's, we're very much wired towards unhealthy habits in a lot of areas of our lives. And I think society, I mean, it comes down to a lot of things. It comes down to economics, it comes down to money starts with people making money off of something and saying, you know, this is capitalizing on animalistic needs of people. And once that takes off and builds more popularity, it sets, sets the cultural standard for what mm -hmm. is okay. But I think it's never been so actively encouraged like mm -hmm. it is now, right? Like you should be sleeping around and exploring yourself or you're a square or whatever. And, and it seems to me that though, like, you know, capitalism, hardcore capitalism has been around in the US for whatever, 150 years, but it was at least tempered by religion, right? And, and there were both markets at play. And I, I, I mean, I believe in capitalism. And the more I've become personally conservative, the more I've also become generally libertarian. Like, you can do whatever you want. I'm not going to ban porn. I think everyone should come to their own conclusions. But I see why I would advocate against it, right? For for my friends and myself and that kind of stuff, or or the the sexually promiscuous lifestyle generally. Hmm. I really thank the two of you for being willing to talk about this because I think that's the important starting point, right? We're the we're, our generation has grown up so differently than our parents, right? But just like the inundation with sex in the media and through pornography generally is unheard of. Plus, most of our peers probably weren't raised religious. We're, uh, almost none of my peers were, but I guess you two both were. So, um, <laughs> And again, to, like to a degree on that point. Because yeah. for me, it was like um, my mom, although very religious, was also a nurse. Mm. And like part of her residency was in a ward um, at like the height of the AIDS epidemic. So she was very much rooted in, and she lived downtown Toronto near the prominent areas like Church Street where LGBTQ community is really high. So she was really open to that type of conversation. During my upbringing, it was, th these are our beliefs, but this, if you're gonna do it, I'd rather talk to you about it from a mature perspective. And I think that's something that, not just from the society structural view, but going back to the whole parental point, I think that's, everything has to be balanced. Mm. And that's the way I would want to encourage my children is to sort of, set an expectation for what my system of beliefs are. I don't want to project a system of beliefs on anyone, but we'll have an open conversation about it so that it's not taboo. Mm. And I think, I think that hits the nail on the head that it's, it is balance. And I think right now we're just seeing the overcorrection, right? The pendulum always swings, right? So we had, you know, pretty staunch religionism or whatever the term would be for a while. Uh, and now, we broke free, so everyone do, everyone indulge whatever instincts they want at any time, because that's the way to live a good life. Um, and I mean, I think people are just devoid of meaning and, and searching and wanting escapes, right? Um, but how do we start to 
create like obviously i hope i am able to parent my children well about these issues and be honest about my experiences why i've come to the conclusions i did not just say don't have sex because it's bad and or whatever um but how do, i'm interested obviously in how we kind of disseminate that message more broadly right not through restrictions but through something so how do you guys think we start to you know I mean, you obviously agree that for yourself, premarital sex is not um, something you're looking for actively. No. And so how do we kind of, um, you know, spread that a little bit? So I guess from my perspective, it is a bit interesting because in, in the case of Andrew, his mom had that had those discussions with him. For me, I learned all about sex through TV and through reading and through like what I learned growing up but my parents the first time my dad ever had the discussion of sex with me was a week before I started university and all he said was don't have sex <laughs> like stay away from girls focus on your academics that's all I was told it worked but, <laughs> there, you, there you go but it's one of those things where I had already formed my opinions on it well ahead of that because at that point mm. I was I was 18 turning 19 I had already started to figure out for myself what what where my view what my views on sex were by the time I was like 12 or 13 and when I was starting to go through puberty and just figure out my body and how all that worked. So a good starting point would be is to have those open discussions with your children. It, honestly, it all goes back to whether your parents are raising you or society is raising you. Because at this point, we, I think, can all agree society is pretty fucked. But doesn't necessarily But the mean... parents are our <laughs> peers who were raised by fuck society. Exactly. So it's just like, it's a matter of trying to i'd say it it falls on our generation to try and despite what is happening in society to look for the avenues and try to figure it out so that future generations are at least better educated and better are are more open to having those sorts of discussions definitely not the definitely not a solution not the easiest thing in the world but in an ideal situation in my case, I, I saw what was happening in society and I was able to look at it and be like, okay, that's not what I want, but not, that's not the case for everybody. But it's a matter of just having those sorts of discussions, hearing those different viewpoints is the best starting point we can have at this point, in my opinion. See, I feel like, uh, although I wholeheartedly agree, it's also like going back to, I guess, more the original question is like, what, do, what can we do other than even just within our own lives? I think the big problem is that we, we can say that. We can say that we'll do that, but we're three people in this room and whoever ends up listening to this, right? Which, and I think that really touches on what the key is. I think it's that it's a few people who are going to have this conversation and are going to, you know, make these re revelations and say, you know, society is kind of messed up and we need to do something about it, but how? And it's more so trying to get that, not get that opinion, but sort of find people who are prominent figures who can who who will likely hold that opinion and can share it you know not necessarily in the same regard but like if you let's say you did have somebody like a kardashian who's equally as pos as popular but was more along the lines of what we've been talking about and was very open about that and people could idolize that person and if society was always you know, if every engineer looks at Elon Musk and everybody looks at a person who's pro sex education. Yeah. And I think, but it's, a, you know, Kim Kardashian rose to prominence because sex was idealized. Mm -hmm. And then it, like the two perpetuate them each other, right? Um, yeah. So it's, we got to, and, and I think right now, celebrities who are, I mean, Taylor Swift has, I thought, I don't, I don't know much about Taylor Swift, but I thought she had some like purity pledge or something. And some of these celebrities do it, but they're kind of dismissed as naive or, or immature or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I, I guess celebrity was the wrong way to go about it. More like being an influencer, being the kind of person that people respect and will follow. Public mm -hmm. figure. Being a public figure. Who's yeah. very open about that and being able to sway public minds. Mm. And then, you know, you get into things like politics too, where... It's like sex, sex education in elementary schools is mm. a huge thing where there's divided opinions on that. And even that's putting this, it's either you're trying, it seems like it's trying to make sex okay versus condemn it. 
but it's it really shouldn't be about those two, either of those things at all. It should be a middle ground, literally education of of a balanced lifestyle of what is except what you defining what is acceptable for yourself. Well, I think it's just difficult because they don't talk about morality in school. Thank God, because it's public mm-hmm. schools, but kids used to be taught morality through mm-hmm. religion and, and religious schools and, and parents, hopefully, but I think that's largely been lost. So you're teaching them about sex, but you're not teaching them about the morality of it one way or the other, right? So it's difficult. Mm-hmm. But we're ge- last question, did Abdul and I convince you to not have any more sex before you're married? <laughs> Oof. <laughs> uh, let's just say... I have a keen amount of... Res- I didn't not have a keen amount of respect for uh, waiting for good people. But I, I admire the thought even more. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you two for uh, coming on and talking so openly with me. I, I really appreciate it. And I, I look forward to doing it again. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us on. Appreciate and it. thanks for everyone who is listening. I hope you enjoyed your peek behind the mask.